The power of Christ compels you! Oh, does it? Does it compel me? The power of Christ compels you! Does it, Jay? The power of Christ compels you! Is the power of Christ compelling me? Is that what's happening? The power of Christ <laughs> compels you! Guess what? It's not that compelling. Jay? <laughs> Welcome to Run It Back, brought to you by Burbs Entertainment, where we're going to be talking about Jonah Hill as a demon, potentially titty-fucking Seth Rogen today. We're talking about This is the End, uh, one of my favorite comedies of all time. Uh, I'm joined, as always, by The Martian, Jack Martin, Mr. Stay Sparkin, and our other homie in the cut, Evan Northrup. What's good, boys? How we doing? Chilling. Doing well. Doing well, Ralph. All right, so this is the end. Came out in 2013 at the height of like the Apatovian era, um, kind of like the last like real big comedy, I guess for me personally. Uh, I mean, it's been a weird decade, but we didn't get enough comedies. Um, it is summarized on Letterboxd uh, as while attending a party at James Franco's house, Seth Rogen, Jay Baruchel, and many other celebrities are faced with the apocalypse. What are you guys' first thoughts on this movie? Like, what comes to your head when you think of This Is The End? Start with you, Northrop. I watched this movie in succession with uh, Pineapple Express and um, the interview. And like a lot of comedies, I kind of came to it late in life. And I didn't really know how funny they were going to be. Like, when you read about This Is The End or just see what it's about from the outside, not knowing anything about it, it kind of seems like it's going to be a gimmicky, like crummy movie. Like, oh, they got all these stars together to make a bunch of money so people will go see it. So I was just shocked about at how funny it was the first time I watched it. Um, I think I've seen it four or five times now. And I was thinking of this today. This might be one of the first movies we've done that's really like up there for me. This is one of my favorite comedies of all time. So I'm really excited. Jack, has it stood the test of time for you like it has for Northrop and I? Because I want to talk about like what it meant to us in 2013 when we were obviously totally different people. I mean, we were probably still, you know, blowing bags and chilling with our homies and all that kind of stuff. But does it hold up for you now like it did back then? I said it in my letterbox review today, but last night and this morning uh, when I watched over two parts was my favorite viewing I've had of it. How many times do you think you've seen it? Probably around five or six, if I had to guess. What about you, Evan? I guess I'm four or five. Okay, I've seen this movie like probably a hundred times. No cap. <laughs> um, my buddies and I in high school would it would pretty much be a weekend routine where we would just get together in my house, extracurricular activities we had to do, and then watch this movie. And it got to the point where it was essentially our mantra that weed is tight, weed is tight. The infamous Jonah Hill line, and it was just a movie that like I felt like. You said, Evan, like I had expectations going into it because of Pineapple Express, Superbad, and all those movies. But I was like, are they really going to be able to pull this off? And even back then, I wasn't that in the movies, but I was still like, this is kind of like a weird gimmick. And so I saw it in theaters, and I'll remember that day for the rest of my life. Like that shit just cracked me up. I smoked three apple rolls in the parking lot, went in just absolutely reeking. And then right from the jump, I hear Seth's laugh. I'm like, okay, I'm in for a good ride. Um, mm -hmm. I mean, it is what it is. It's uh, It's got 83% on Rotten Tomatoes. Um, if you guys had one word to describe this movie, what would you use? Mine is tight. Oh, that's good. That is good. Self-aware. Mm, that's good. I kind of fell short on this one. 
I couldn't really think of like a good one word to wrap this up. Maybe Michael Sarah, two words. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I mean, that's like the best part about it. It's like we have like all of these just insane cameos for like maximum like 30 seconds. Like Jason Siegel has one speaking role and he's talking about how I met your mother. Rihanna obviously gets slapped on the butt by Michael Sarah. But Michael Sarah, I think, is probably the MVP of this movie, despite only being in it for like 10 minutes, because he puts up like 45 fucking points in like three quarters and then sits out the fourth. Like, not even 45, like 27 points in the first quarter or the first six minutes of the first quarter and then sits out the rest of the game. Um, I wish he was in more of the movie, but like it's also less is more kind of situation. Mm-hmm. Dude, he might not even have 10 minutes. I think total Michael Sarah's probably got like two minutes, like 45 seconds of screen time. Probably. And he just takes up the entire thing because like I hadn't seen it in a while before I watched it uh, today. And you kind of remember Michael Sarah being in it a lot more for some reason in that intro. You just kind of remember him being a bigger part of that opening sequence. And then watching it this time, I was like, oh, he's barely in it. But that whole intro, you're just waiting for Michael Sarah to pop back up. So I actually want to talk about him for the all film first team. So if this is your first time listening to the podcast, what we do is essentially a version of the all NBA first team that they award at the end of the season, uh, where we take two guards, which are essentially the leading actors of the film. Uh, they're like the people who push the pace and dictate the floor and the ceiling of the movie. So think like 2019 James Harden or OKC Russell Westbrook. And then we have our two forwards. Um, those are the supporting actors of the film. Um, the people who excel their specific role to a degree where like they're nationally recognized for it. So think like PJ Tucker. And then we have a big, we have one big, and that's the guy with the posterizing dunks, momentum swinging blocks. Um, but also just somebody who plays their role like crucially better than anybody else could have. So for our big, like I was going to ask you guys, do you want to go with Michael Sarah here or is it Danny McBride? Because I'm having kind of a difficult I'm coming. I can't come to a solution between the two. I can't choose between them. Which one, which direction would you go in Evan? To me personally, Danny McBride would just be one of the guards. And when I was thinking about this, it's a weird movie to break down into smaller groups because not one of the main, you know, Craig Robinson, Jonah Hill, James Franco, Jay Barachow and uh, Seth Rogen, not one of them really like shines more than any of the others. Maybe Jonah Hill at times, I think James Franco does a really funny satirized version of himself, but I don't know. I would throw Danny McBride in that group. I think I would just have him as one of the main people. And I would definitely put Sarah in his as our big hundred percent. Okay. So we got McBride in a guard spot and we got Sarah at the center. Our other guard, we're going to have to go between probably Franco, Seth Rogen, or Jay Baruchel. Which direction are you going, Martin? Or are you going to throw a curveball at me and say it's Jonah Hill or Craig? So it's, like Evan just said, like it's so tough because they kind of already have like a starting five. And then with the way we do it, one gets pushed out. And I was trying to just think of this all day. And I think for me, Jonah Hill, as we looking at this, when you know they excel, actually, no, my bad. Danny McBride, I think, is a forward, in my personal opinion, because you know, they excel in their specific role, and he comes in as just like this dickhead who wasn't even invited to the party and he's just, his role is to just make everybody mad. And I think he did so good at that. Um, And he's got that PJ Tucker build. Yeah. He's got like, like he's coming in, he's going to clamp up. He's going to like bring the intensity and the pressure to the court and to the movie. Um, But yeah, I mean, I probably agree. I'd probably put him out of forward too. For guards, I think that it would probably have to be Rogan. 
again, just because I think he might be the only person in this movie who doesn't make fun of himself in this movie. Like you said that your one word was so self-aware. Like Jonah Hill is like praying to God. He's like, God, it's me, Jonah Hill from Moneyball. And it's just <laughs> simple as stuff like that. That is like, that's what makes the movie so special because like these guys are self-aware cocks. Um, but Seth, I think is like the one person in the movie who's just like, I'm Seth Rogen. Like there's nothing wrong with me. Um, which is kind of like, I guess, the foundation of the movie. Like, there's stuff that's wrong with these guys, and that's why they don't get, you know, expedited to heaven on the fucking... Mm -hmm. That's true. With him, yeah, the only thing I can think of is when Jay calls him a sellout, and (laughs) when they make... Oh, and then when Danny McBride's like, that's the best performance you've given in your last six movies. Where was that in the Green Hornet? (laughs) I think Danny McBride, in a weird way, saves this movie, though. Because right when he comes in is that that point in a comedy where you either like lose all your momentum and you start feeling like, oh my, I'm tired of this. I'm going to watch this movie for, you know, an hour. It's going nowhere. And throwing him in there is such a curveball. Like he just shakes the whole thing up and just changes the whole movie. So I think without Danny McBride, this movie really is not nothing like the success that it has. Yeah, I kind of want to save him for most valuable scene because when we talk about that in the next category, like I think – that he's kind of the runaway favorite in that. Um, so for guards, all right, I'm going to make an executive decision. We'll go Seth Rogen and James Franco as our guards, just because I think Franco might be like the first self-aware person that we're introduced to. And then forwards, we'll do McBride. We have our center. We have uh, Michael Sarah For our other forward, uh, you guys tell me, Jonah Hill or Craig Robinson? I got to go with Jonah. Watching this back, Jonah's moments really kind of – stand out for me because there's times in that movie where he won't pop up for a while and then when he does again it's just so good like before he becomes the demon like he's not in it a whole lot for like a little bit of a stretch and then when he does and just takes over it that scene is so fucking funny every time just when it flashes off the exorcism of jonah hill with the music is so funny <laughs> That's also a great part about this movie. It does the meta stuff like it's acknowledging other movies like Pineapple Express 2. They make the really yeah. short film of it. They have like the little toy cars going around. Then, yeah, the exorcism of Jonah Hill. Yeah. All right. So we've got Franco Rogan at guard and we've got Jonah Hill and McBride at our forward and Michael Sarah as our big. Um, all right. Most valuable scene. I was just going to nominate just the entire Danny McBride performance from the moment that we see him in the bathtub blowing O's to him cooking all of that fucking food. Um, just to like the arguments that he gets in and I mean, James, I mean the whole thing, it's like a, probably like a 15 or 20 minute scene of just his introduction, but yeah, he really comes in and just nuclear bombs the whole fucking thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm definitely good to go with that. It's the most valuable scene. There's certain jokes and like joke sequences that I would take over that. But if we're going for a whole like scene, I'm down to do, yeah. Danny McBride cooking all that fucking food, just getting, getting nasty he does get nasty and then my other nomination would have been i think that's our that's our winner but um i just love like when uh jay and seth come back from the gas station and they're trying to tell everybody about the apocalypse that's occurring outside and everything that occurs from after that till michael sarah gets pierced in the heart by uh that telephone pole Mm -hmm. Um, just because that's where we get like paul rudd aziz ansari kevin hart rihanna like we literally get everybody let's actually run through just everybody who is in this movie really quick all right. 
Seth Rogen, James Franco, Emma Watson, Craig Robinson, Dave Krumenholtz, Jonah Hill, Danny McBride, Howie Doro, Jay Baruchel, Michael Sarah, Mindy Kaling, Christopher Mintz, Plossi, Rihanna, Paul Rudd, Martin Starr, Channing Tatum, Kevin Hart, Aziz Ansari, Samantha Ressler. Um, I'm missing some other people here, but there's, it's actually insane. Jason Siegel, Evan Goldberg. I mean, it's it gets really stupid. At one point, um, I don't know, I already said a Martin Starr. But yeah, I mean, the cast is insane. Like that goes without saying. Um, but just seeing all those people and like what they would imaginatively do during the apocalypse at the worst moment of the apocalypse where they're all falling down the hole, that has to be second place for me. It's a close second too, because I fucking love that part. It's like five minutes of just goofiness. I have to agree. Yeah. I would have one third nomination and it's the scene where they're all standing around like James Franco's Island when they're giving up the food because in there we have the gun scene which is so funny. And bang, bang, like, yeah. bang, bang. <laughs> which just like highlights how like stupid these characters are. And then also I love the little exchange about the Milky Way when James Franco says, uh, I bought that this morning to eat after the party. <laughs> That's one of my favorite jokes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And Jonah Hill's like, actually, I kind of need that Milky Way because I have LBS. <laughs> He's like, I'm going to get really grouchy and cranky if I don't eat it. Yeah, um, I mean, yeah. I, I guess, like, while we're doing this, let's do Least Valuable Scene 2 because I thought they could have done a way better job with them taking all the drugs at once. If they just didn't have Gangnam Style as the song, I think that scene would be a lot better. That's like so that. 2013, man. Yeah. It, it pissed me off. I'm like, I forgot that this was the song. That you, obviously, it's a parody of that song, but, like, I don't know. I just thought they could have gone a better route there. All right. Most underrated and most overrated performances. My first nomination for underrated is Craig Robinson. Um, 100%. I, mm-hmm. My girlfriend hadn't seen this movie before. Uh, so I showed it to her last week and she was like, he's the best part of this movie. I fucking love him. Uh, yeah. Uh, who do you guys have for underrated? I would go with Craig Robinson too. I feel like he's the least talked about in this movie, but he's really I, good. Yeah. I have to agree. And I mean, I think we just proved it with the, all first team. Take your panties yeah, that's off. True. That's true. Take your panties off. Ain't no party like a no panty party because no panty party don't stop. Um, all right, most overrated. Do you guys have an overrated performance? Because like there isn't really one that stands out to me. We usually yeah. kind of struggle with this one because like it's like this movie is it's not as hyped as the rest of them. So there isn't like a lot of conversation going on and people like celebrating a certain performance. So yeah, I don't think there necessarily is one. Wrong I, mean, I, haters, say, G. I mean, I would say that Jay Barachow and Seth Rogen, neither of them are really that funny in this movie, but I think that's fine. I think somebody needs to be a little more like level in this mm-hmm. group of people that are just playing such a, a weird version of themselves. And so they're kind of like the reality in this movie. And I'm, I'm really fine with that. Yeah. Right, Cause they have the only quotes. like, Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Oh, I was gonna say just cause they only have like, they're the only characters that have like a separate, kind of overarching storyline from mm-hmm. everybody else and like they're introduced as like kind of like you know just like these two buddies hanging out and then they have that whole weaving through their friendship which definitely like you said is like the reality part of the movie like bringing like an actual like real life conflict instead of the sure. apocalypse occurring um but yeah i don't think anybody's overrated in this movie just because it's so everything's split up so evenly all righty, let's go into top five quotes. Let's try to boil it down here. It's going to be tough because this movie is full of fucking quotes. Like, I couldn't tell you just how many times I passed my buddies in the hall, slightly baked at school, and just said, weed is tight. Or something like, 
oh really because it's not that fucking compelling just stupid <laughs> stuff like that um all right so something totally not that chill happened last night uh this is right after jonah hill gets essentially raped by the devil um how do you guys feel about that one do you, do you guys think it deserves a spot because like I also think that those are some of my favorite moments, some of the most valuable scenes where they get the camera from 127 hours out and they just go into that room and Franco's talking about McBride and McBride walks right behind him. He's like, God, that guy fucking sucks. Didn't even invite him to my party. Stuff like that. Um, do you guys have any quotes off the top of your head, though, uh, that come to mind? You can go, Martin, if you have any. I've got one right here. Um, it's the it's when Danny McBride first pops up and James Franco is brushing his teeth. And then Danny McBride goes, you got white shit all over your mouth, Franco. Probably suck somebody's dick. Sean over here probably watching jerked off. And then he says something like, James Franco didn't suck dick last night. Now I know y'all were tripping. Because he's like, did you guys take a bunch of acid? Uh (laughs) Um, I like Hermione stole all of our shit. Um, Danny McBride is like making the case his like sob story for um, ejaculating onto James Franco's like nudie mag he's like when I came into your magazine it was a come for help (laughs) along with that one when he says you're jerking off like a goddamn pilgrim and James Franco yells back that's right I like to read those are two of my favorite packs of back quotes I'm also oh go ahead my bad I'm also a huge fan of just like the timing and delivery of when Michael Sarah is like pierced by the light pole and he finds his phone in his back pocket and he goes oh shit that's embarrassing (laughs) guys he sounds so like sad about it he's just so embarrassed that's the funny i love that (laughs) he's like who took my fucking phone um another sarah one he's just um he's getting like uh a girl is giving him head and then another girl is i believe giving him a rim job and he's drinking a capri sun he says sucky want a sucky suck I love stupid shit like that. Uh, yeah, when he just like turns his head and he goes, Capri Sun? <laughs> I had another Sarah line when um, they do the little super bad reunion and he walks up to Christopher Mintz Plaza and he goes, hey, does this Coke smell funny? And then just blows it <laughs> in his face. <laughs> He's like, dude, I've never done any real drugs before. And he's freaking out. All right, uh, a few more. Um, Danny McBride, when they're talking about um, addressing the elephant in the room, when Emma Watson walks in and they're talking about who's going to rape her, and Danny McBride said, if anybody's going to rape anybody, it's Jay. And Jay says, what the fuck? And Jonah Hill said, guys, Jay couldn't rape anyone. Jay couldn't rape a fly. (laughs) Uh, I'm going to titty fuck you, Seth. Doesn't he also have a really funny quote in there, too, about all the Harry Potter questions he's going to ask? Yeah, I forgot anything. No, you're right. Yeah, he's (laughs) like, I'm a huge Harry Potter fan. I love those films. And then I think Seth or Franco's like, okay, settle the fuck down, Dumbledore. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, I I just had one pop in my head. When the guy, like the neighbor, like cracks open the door and he's like trying to get let in. And they're like. What if this guy's trying to fuck us? And he's just like, oh, I'll fuck you so good. I'll fuck you so good. And then <laughs> just cry. And then that just gets ripped right off. I'll fuck you so good. I'll fuck you so good. That guy is so good at like popping up and things and having a few lines. Yeah. Funny. And just his delivery in that was so funny. That line just, <laughs> he just starts getting more and more panicked. Okay, I got, I got a couple more. How about this you one has an 
<laughs> this one hasn't worked so well because uh, of, you know, the recent allegations and stuff. But um, James Franco says, I fucked Lindsay Lohan at the Chateau Marmont. She kept knocking on my door. She was high. She kept calling me Jake Gyllenhaal. I said, just call me your Prince of Persia. <laughs> yeah, dude. <laughs> <we> got... <laughs> John Hill says, a huge earthquake happens. Who do they rescue first? They'll rescue Clooney, Sandra Bullock, me. If there's room, you guys will come. Just that level of assholeness that he's in, like implementing in this film is perfect. And his earring, um, it just Jonah Hill just like <laughs> plays like the best version of himself. Does dude, all his quotes are so good. Every time he talks about Jay, it's hilarious. Like, come on, guys, don't bully Jay. He's a sweetheart. But <laughs> um, could you lower your voice? You're freaking out, Jay. He's not as strong as you. Those are all <laughs> so, so funny. Dude, your references are so tight, man. <laughs> yeah. Everybody knows you have the best references. That was another popular quote that we used to use. Um, mm-hmm. All right, just answer me one question. Is Michael Sarah's butthole as adorable as I pictured? Oh, for fuck's sake. I picture it looking like a little donut, a little pink sprinkled donut. <laughs> so funny. <laughs> all right, um, we can move on because I think we can go the rest of the episode just doing this. All right, the goat section. So if you're not familiar with the goat section... Um, this is your first time listening to the podcast, which it might be because we're on a new channel now, but this is the grace of all time section. So that word gets thrown out around a lot, um, especially right now. So what we're going to be doing is we're going to try to decipher what this movie falls under the goat category for. So for example, the social network is the goat movie when it comes to technology, movies about technology, it's the social network, um, Movies about the rise and fall of a celebrity once upon a time in Hollywood, coming of age, Lady Bird, all that kind of stuff. Italian mob or mob stories, gangster films, The Godfather. Um, so is this movie the goat for anything in your guys' mind? Because I think Apocalypse is kind of taken by like, the children of men's of the world. And Evan, I feel like you're a big World War Z guy. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Is there is there a ghost section? Is it the best like um, group of buddies film? Is it the best uh, meta film or like self aware? Uh, do you guys have any nominations for the ghost section? I honestly did not have any. I was trying to think if there was a category of like best people playing themselves movie, but I don't even know what you would call that, and I couldn't really think of any others like it. Um, but no, I honestly didn't have any for this one. Okay. Martian. Um, the one thing that popped in my head was best actors playing themselves. Yeah. I'm going to throw some at you. you. You just fire me down or not. All right. I'm going to nominate it for the best movie of this era of the Apatovian era. I love four year old Virgin. I love super bad. I love forgetting Sarah Marshall, but this movie in particular sticks to me, sticks with me the most because I feel like it's the culmination of all those movies and it's honestly front to back the funniest like i think it's just filled to the brim with fucking jokes there really isn't like a a necessary like storyline whatsoever other than these guys are just panicking and we get channing tatum as a leather little dog um just it's stupidest shit which is what makes all these movies so stupidly funny any counters I have no problem with saying that it's like the best one of those objectively for me, like super bad is so much nostalgia value that it's always going to be, uh, you know, top of that. But as far as you're really right, that's what's so great about this movie is they don't waste time like trying to make it something other than it's not. It's just funny. Everything in this movie is funny. It's just like stupidity and jokes throughout the entire thing. Which So I, they, I to me, it's probably the funniest movie in that era too. 
Well, I was with you. I thought Superbad was my favorite, and then I rewatched Superbad a couple months ago, and I just didn't laugh at laugh out loud as much, um, which hurt me because I fucking love that movie. Maybe I've seen it too many times, but I've seen this movie way too many times, and I still laugh a lot. So that's why I just, you know, I moved towards this one. Um, Apocalypse. You guys, any uh, any big Apocalypse movies come to mind for you? There's got to be some. <laughs> I mean, it's a pretty big genre. Uh, 2012, Evan, I feel like that's another movie you might like. No, dude, I was just kidding when I said I love that movie. I don't even know if I've seen the whole thing. That's a lie. I saw it in theaters, but I didn't like it that much. <laughs> what about you, Martian? Are you being awfully quiet? Are there, there are no apocalyptic movies that like just like Shaun of the Dead or something stupid Ooh, like that? Mad Max Fury Road. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's a good one. I'm trying to think. I don't think I like, watch like a lot of apocalypse movies. Like, just off the top of my head, I'm having trouble. World War Z, was, I mean, you know. <laughs> it's probably Mad Max Fury Road. Like, that's, like, one of the best movies I've ever seen. Doctor Strange Love 2 could be argued to be an apocalypse movie. Yep. I need I to rewatch Mad Max Fury oh, Road. We're definitely going to do it at some point. We're going to run that shit. Yeah, back. we got to do that. All right, the TBE section. So this is the their best ever section. So this is where we go through um, a few of the actors and we propose whether or not that this is their best performance or, or at least their most memorable or our personal favorites. I'm going to come out and say it right now, this is a lot of these guys, their best evers for me. It is. I'm not a fan of the disaster artist or 127 hours because I had to watch him cut off his own arm and it still irks me to this day the way he cuts one of those veins. It just, oh my God, mm, it makes me so unsettled. Mm, yeah, yeah. Now you have to live with that shit too. I was 11 when I watched it, dude. Oh. That was brutal. I was watching my oh. mom in sixth grade and then the, oh, I can, st- I oh. still remember the feeling that I was, oh, I actually do like that movie though. It's the sort of perhaps memory for you. Um, but yeah, it's my Franco. It is my, jo- uh, it's probably not my Jonah Hill because Wolf is, um, but it's not my Seth Rogen. I would probably say it's Craig Robinson. I like this role of him because he gets to cuss and I love listening to him cuss rather than The Office, which is probably what it would be if it wasn't for this. Mm-hmm. I guess Jay Baruchel. I don't know. I don't really know many Jay Baruchel like roles. Like they don't really come to mind. It's the first one that does come to mind. Michael Sarah though. I mean, come on. Like, I, I want, when we do our spinoff ideas later, I'm going to have like three Michael Sarahs for you guys. Okay. Um, and then, yeah, that's pretty much it. But uh, any TBEs for you guys? Jack, Rihanna? I love Anti. Yeah, Anti's pretty good. I was going to, I was kind of surprised that you didn't say Spider Man 3 for Franco. Fuck off. You don't fuck with I, it? You don't I, like him as a Green Goblin, G Squared? <laughs> I hate Spider-Man 3. I cannot stand it. Yeah, the movie's yeah. not great. It's um, bad. I'm trying to think. Going through it. it. I'd say my favorite Franco. Not my favorite Rogan. My favorite Rogan's either funny people or knocked up. Um, we should do a funny people run it back. I think people would love to watch that. <laughs> <laughs> I think it'd be a popular episode. <laughs> Uh, I think Jonah's got, oh, got to be Wolf of Wall Street. Um, and then, yeah, I'd say for Jay and Craig, definitely my favorite from both of them. Is he so yeah. sorry? No, I'm probably master of, master of none. Yeah. That's a show I've never, I haven't really ever dove into. Good show. Real good yeah. show. All right. Um, oh, okay. I like this one a lot. So this is 
could Leo have done it better? Now, I don't know what role you would substitute him for. He'd have to play himself. So if we put Leo in this movie, we just shove him into these house with all these guys. Is this a better or worse movie, Northrop? It's better, 100%. If he did <laughs> the same type of thing that James Franco does to himself, he would have been so funny. I completely trust in his talent. I think he could make fun of himself if he had just, just acted like the sort of like hipster, like environmental friendly, which is great, but like just played it up and been fucking hilarious about it. Maybe I the reason he isn't in this movie is because he got sucked up to heaven for all of his environmental efforts. He probably would have got sucked up to heaven. He that would have been, been a part of the rapture. Yeah. Yeah. Plot hole. I would, like to, I would like to see him in the Channing Tatum role. That would have been a real curveball. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. All right. Would you rather? Would you rather? Do you guys have any off the top of your head? Because I got a few right here. Well, the one I'm looking at in my Google Doc, I know my answer right away. All right. Would you rather get slapped by Rihanna or fall in the hole? Can she put on brass knuckles? (laughs) Come on. Which one? Get slapped by Rihanna. Really? Yeah, 100%. You'd rather. fall to the depths of hell than have Rihanna hit you? Well, what I'm thinking is, one, it's going to be super embarrassing. It's going to be way more embarrassing than Michael Sarah losing his phone and then having it in his pocket. <laughs> Two, you're going to have to live through the rapture afterwards, so you're probably going to get fucked. Um, you didn't get sucked up to heaven. You're probably going to go down either way. It's probably going to be a more brutal death than the fall into the hole. You're probably going to become Channing Tatum at some point, or a cannibal. So, it was mm-hmm. up to you. So, I don't know. I thought this was a pretty good existential one. I'm going to fall in the hole because, I mean, at, at the root of it, it starts with, I just don't want to be the guy that got sucked by Rihanna. I think all of our dying wishes is to have Rihanna's hand touch our face before we face imminent hell brought on by the apocalypse. But the thing is, like, you're going to be in the same area as her. So, you have the opportunity to talk to her. I mean, she's probably not going to touch you. She'll probably maintain six feet distance because she's a responsible young woman. But I don't know, man. I mean, that hole looks pretty tempting when it comes to having the reputation of like, yep, Riri doesn't rock with me. If you, if a girl finds out that Riri doesn't rock with you during the rapture, she is not going to fuck with you at all. She's going to feed you to the cannibals. And then you're going to get eaten by Danny McBride like a slack of ribs. You know what? You're right. I led with my wiener on this question. And that's my fault. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I feel like being headlined as the guy who got slapped by Rihanna is better than anything I'm like boasting right now. It's kind of interesting. It's a conversation starter. If I'm in the rapture and I just meet another fellow, you know, non-heaven inductee, I could lead with that. It's awkward. We're, you know, cannibalizing together. We don't know what to talk about. I could just bring it up. Hey, I was recently slapped by Rihanna. Oh, really? That's, that's wild. What happened? I don't know. I just answered a would you rather from Ralph. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Would you guys rather be on the front side of Michael Sarah during his um, double blow job or the back side? (laughs) Back. Back side? (laughs) Yeah, I'll I'll agree with that. Okay. Um, Just a sprinkle donut. (laughs) Would you rather... Would you rather have iPads built into your walls at James Franco's house, like James Franco's house, or would you rather have the TV that comes up from the ground? Now, my other thing about the TV, quick corp, is if you're on the other side of that couch, 
the TV comes up, you're just looking at the back of a TV. <laughs> so let's just suggest that it's a double-sided TV, okay? iPads okay. bolted on the wall. Let's say there's like eight or ten of them or the TV from the ground. I have to go with TV just because with an iPad, like I'd want to carry it around. Like I wouldn't want to just like stay in there and just tap and then walk <laughs> away. Like sometimes you want to like, I don't know, you're watching a video. You don't want to just like stay in there with your arms crossed, like watching a YouTube video for five minutes or in imagine like head, reading like, like your Twitter timeline, just like standing there with like <laughs> your hand on the wall, just going. I'd rather <laughs> At least carry it's encouraging it. to stand. I mean, you know, you're getting active, but yeah, I think you're right. It's definitely the TV. Yeah, definitely. All right. Would you guys rather be in this house with all of these fine gentlemen during the Jonah Hill devil scene? Or would you rather ride with Danny McBride in that cannibal trailer? Hmm. I'm going to hop in McBride's trailer. Hmm. Uh, I'm going to stick it. I'm going to go with the house. You trust your exorcism skills? I watched The Exorcism. I've seen it. The Exorcist? Yeah. <laughs> no, you know what? Never mind. Yeah, I'm in the, I'm in the trailer. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I'd be in the trailer too. I honestly think it'd be kind of fun. Like, I bet they're listening to just, they're probably listening to like Tenacious D, cracking jokes, having a good time, just looking for their next meal. And I think that they have a pact that, like, if they get hungry enough, they're not going to eat each other. And if they do have to eat somebody, it's going to be Channing Tatum, and he'd be like a prime rib. Like, that motherfucker would be delicious. All right, spinoff ideas. First one that came to my mind, we're in heaven. The heaven's great. We're loving it. Boom. Another rapture. Apocalypse. This is the end, level two, except this time it's at the eternal gates. How are you guys feeling? Are you guys going to see that movie, or are you guys out? Dude, that was actually, like, my spinoff idea. Like, I really thought if they were going to make a sequel to this movie, it would be the celebrities in heaven are so shitty that, like, God raptures again and leaves them all behind. All right. Michael Starr gets that pull into his heart. He somehow survives it. He turns into a zombie. But he's not like your typical, like, zombie. He's just still Michael Sarah, except this time he's, like, half dead. How do you guys feel about that one? Would you watch Would you watch 10 episodes of Michael Sarah walking throughout the rapture as a half-dead zombie? I like that. I actually had a Michael Sarah based that spinoff idea as well. Shoot it. Pitch it. He falls down the hole, and it tracks him down there, and he's in hell, and he becomes Satan. <laughs> and it's a workplace comedy where Michael Sarah is Satan. Uh, and, like, Aziz is an assistant. Everybody that fell down the hole is also in it. That's pretty good. All right, any other spinoffs? No, I had a Michael Sarah in hell, but it was definitely not developed to the perfection that Martin just threw out. So, no. All right. So, Martin definitely wins this round. That was the best one. 100%. Um, all right. Good job. All right. Thank you guys for listening to Run It Back. This is the end edition. We appreciate it so greatly. Um, go check out our streaming suggestions every Sunday on 
burbsent.com. Keep reading burbsent.com. We'll be having movie and TV reviews coming out like crazy this year because we're actually going to be getting movie and TV this year as opposed to last year. Uh, it's going to be awesome. Evan, Jack, thank you guys for joining me. This has been Run It Back, brought to you by Burbs Entertainment. I'm going to tell you, fuck you, Seth. What, no, wait, wait, last thing, last thing. I'm, I'll edit this in. At one point when he's about to titty fuck Seth, he says, what are those, big Bs or small Cs? So funny. <laughs> I love that part.